Hey, Mom. Sam? Where are you? Are you talking on the phone while you're driving again? I'm on my way to the state medical board. The state medical board? Should I be worried about you? Look, it's not me you have to worry about, Mom. It's Brendan. Brendan? Why? What's wrong with Brendan? He's always been such a sweet and sensible boy. He's uh, putting on some performance later. I don't know. It sounds pretty good. But he's under the influence of this quack doctor. Doctor? Okay. Well, now I know what's going on. You have always had it out for doctors, Sam, ever since you had that cold that lasted longer than a week. I'm gonna bust this doctor, Mom. Bust his ass wide open. You're going to do what? Look, Mom, I'm driving. I gotta go. <laughs> well, don't bust anything, and let me know how Brendan's performance goes. Bring him by the house sometime. I love that little man so much. Bye, Mom. Jesus. Welcome to the Arizona Medical Board, dedicated to protecting public safety through the judicious licensing, regulation, and education of all allopathic physicians. How can I help you? What's your name? My name is Garrett. All right, Garrett. So what? Do you just get paid to read on the job? Uh, the boss said we can do a little reading if there's downtime, and we have significant downtime. And what is that you're reading there anyway? A little smut? A little pornography? No, I view internet pornography on my own time. What? What's the title there? Lights of... Lights of love? Lights of gay love? It is smut. No, it's not. It's a pretty interesting book, actually, by a German psychologist. Fucking psychologists. Bullshit. It seems like you should read it, Mr. My name is Sam. Mr. Sam, you should read this book. It's about how at this point in human history, thanks to the intervention of psychic forces, there's equal light and dark in this world. And the stage is set for the final showdown between the forces of light and dark. And that showdown will take place in the human mind. That's crazy talk. Just what I'd expect from the fucking medical board. Sir, I'm merely a clerk. I'm not responsible for the licensure of medical practitioners, but if it were up to me, the man who wrote this book, Dr. Messerschmidt, would be granted licensure by the state of Arizona. But he currently lives in New York. Fucking New York. You know what I call it? New York! Sir, I don't condone anti-Semitism of any kind. I, in fact, bristle at any bigoted comments or statements. Look, Garrett, I'm here to find out about a doctor. Great. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Miller. He runs in isolation chamber in Phoenix. Any other information you have about him? To my knowledge, the state of Arizona doesn't require a license to run an isolation chamber, and there are quite a few Millers in our files. He's short and kind of rat-like. We don't sort our files by likeness to animals. His license was revoked many years ago, actually. Hmm. Do you have an address for this, Dr. Miller? I do. Current practice is at 232 West Hanson Road. Let me see. Ah, yes, here. Dr. Jerry Miller. 
graduate of Arizona State University and University of Arizona Medical School. License revoked January 17th, 2011. Does it say why? Hmm. Says here he was sued for malpractice by the same party several times, but they never prevailed in court. It looks to me like there was a simply a paperwork mistake. He was invited to reapply for licensure, but he never did. So, no negligence on his part was ever proven? No, he was just a victim of a paperwork mix-up. Do you have any information on the party that sued him or what their complaint was? They aren't named in this paperwork. Can you tell me, like, who represented the plaintiff or who represented Miller? Miller was represented by Joel Greenberg of Cohen, Greenberg, and Stein. Great. Would you like their number? Just write it down. Okay. You seem stressed out, guy. May I ask why you're after this, Dr. Miller? He's taking Brendan from me. Is Brendan your boyfriend? No, he's my best friend, and I think he's losing his mind. He sounds like a very special guy, and it's sweet for you to worry about him. But you want my advice on Miller? I think you're barking up the wrong tree. He seems harmless enough based on this file. Miller's a head-shrieking menace, as are all the other maniacs you license. I suspect there are other forces at work that you can't see. Maybe you should get Dr. Messerschmidt's book. I think it would do you a lot of good. Fuck his gay book! I have to go. I have a performance to attend. Okay. Don't forget the number for Cohen, Greenberg, and Stein. I want to thank everyone here for attending. I want to thank the Massacon Gallery for letting me put this on. What you're about to see, I think it speaks for itself. Or it should. I hope it does. Nevertheless, I prepared a few words. Are you listening? Can you hear me? Can you hear me above the sound of the blood rushing to your head? Do you have space to think? Do you have space to breathe? Are you alone? Are you at a crossroads? Do you wish you had never been born? Are you glad that you're alive? Are you happy to be here? Can you hear me? Are you listening? Let's start with Easy Does It and move forward from there. I believe in God. God will navigate me easy does it. I believe in love. God will navigate me easy does it. I believe in love after love easy does it. Nothing to be afraid of. 
Nothing to fear. All is prologue. A man sets out to seek. I'm locking you in here so you can set out on the path. This is prologue. I want you to feel like this is prologue. Without further ado, locked in. You've reached Brennan. I'm not in right now. Please leave a message after the tone, and I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. Brendan, it's Sam. Look, buddy, I hope you're doing well. I am, uh, I'm really, really, really sorry about your performance. Really sorry. I, I really hope you're handling it okay. I wanted to talk to you afterwards, um, but you'd already taken off. I don't blame you. The audience didn't seem to handle it well. I guess they didn't get it. I got it. I'll always get it. I get you, man. I blame this all on Miller. He has you doing things you aren't ready to handle. But don't worry, I'm working on Miller. Remember how he was the subject of litigation? I've got a number for Miller's old attorney. He's Jewish, of course. I'm gonna give him a call and see what I can find out. Don't you worry, pal. Look, take care of yourself. Call me if you really need me. Really, I, I want you to call me. Just call me. Call me and be good. Okay. I love you. God damn it, Brendan. Joel Greenberg speaking. Hi, my name is Sam. I uh, I need to speak with Joel Greenberg of Cohen Greenberg and Stein. This is Joel Greenberg. What do you need, Sam, my man? Cut the shit, Joel. Okay. Did you ever represent a doctor in a malpractice lawsuit? Name of Jerry Miller? Jerry Miller. Hell of a nice guy. Dr. Jerry Miller. Nice guy. I represented him in several suits, actually. But that was 10 years ago now. What's this about? My best friend, Brendan, is under his care. Not possible, Sam. Dr. Miller has had his medical license revoked. It's a strange situation, Mr. Greenberg. Dr. Miller now runs an isolation chamber. A what, Sam? Look, I'm not surprised to hear it. The whole thing with Miller was weird back then. What was weird about it? Okay. Miller served with the malpractice suit. He comes to me. I look at the papers. The plaintiff's not named. It's just Jane Doe versus Jerry Miller. Weird, right? I ask Miller, you fuck up with the patient that you can recall? He says, no way. Not that I can remember. That's weird, right? And the firm that's representing Ms. Doe, it's just called the law firm LLC. Weird too, right? I had never heard of him. No one has. 
I asked Cohen and Stein. They never heard of him, and they've been practicing law in Phoenix since air conditioning was invented. By the way, can you imagine this fucking place without air conditioning, Sam? I can't. So I try and send him some paper. My messenger goes to the office, and no one's there. My messenger tells me it looks like no one is ever there. No one has ever been there. He said the place was like a fucking tomb. And so he just leaves the paper tacked to the door. We schedule a hearing. We go to court. Neither the mystery plaintiff nor her counsel ever shows up. What were the complaints in the original suit? Vague fucking stuff, Sam. It was like esoteric poetry or something. I couldn't figure it out, and I've seen some weird complaints in my day. I'm thinking the whole thing is frivolous and malicious bullshit, and the judge agrees. He dismisses. But then, Miller gets served again. Same fucking thing, Sam. Jane Doe, represented by the law firm LLC versus Dr. Miller. What the fuck? What the fuck indeed, Sam? So same thing. We schedule a hearing. I motion to dismiss. Judge agrees. I ask him to dismiss with prejudice. That means they cannot bring the matter back to court. And the judge does it. So I'm thinking it's gone for good. And so does Miller. But I ask him, hey, Miller, you got any clue who this Jane Doe is? Because as you can imagine, Sam, I'm fucking curious. When do you be? I am curious. Right. I could tell you're a curious guy. Anyway, Miller says, Greenberg, I got no fucking clue who Jane Doe is. I run a small practice, treat my patients well, charge them fairly. I say, well, you got any enemies? He says, and I quote, I have no earthly enemies. I ask him, well, you got celestial enemies, astral enemies, Martian enemies. He fucking laughs. It's funny. So what happens, Joel? So he gets served again. And this time, the plaintiff is John Doe versus Dr. Jerry Miller. And guess who's representing John Doe? The law firm, LLC. The law firm LLC. And believe me, Sam, the first two times we tried everything we could to get a hold of these fuckers to go figure out what they were all about. Calling, faxing, emailing, going down there, talking to the Arizona bar. It was a mystery. No one had heard of him. So when I got the suit papers, I went straight to the fucking judge and I said, Judge, look, what the fuck? Do we even have to file an answer? This is the third suit in a row from these pricks. And again, the complaint reads like Finnegan's wake. So what'd you do? Well, the judge agrees to dismiss the complaint. But in the meantime, Miller comes to me and he says that he received notice that his license had been revoked. And I tell him that can't be right because the suit's being dismissed. But he shows me the fucking paper basically just says, Dr. Miller, your license has been revoked. Quit practicing medicine immediately. What? Exactly, Sam. Exactly. So I go down to the medical board. They look into it and they say, sorry, this is a paperwork mix up. Due to complete bureaucratic, officious horseshit, they won't just reinstate him. They say he has to reapply. But they say that if he reapplies, they'll reinstate him immediately. So I call him up and I say, hey, fill this out. They'll reinstate you immediately. 
And you know what he says to me? Yeah. Never mind. He says that exactly. Never mind. I say, Miller, you all right, buddy? He says, hey, Joel, I'll call you later. I never heard from him again. What do you think happened? I I can't say, Sam. You know, I'm an attorney. I'm not a psychologist or a fucking what? I'm not a detective, but it looks like you're playing detective. Why do you want to know all this stuff? You said something about a friend? Well, Joel, Dr. Miller now runs an isolation chamber. It's a sensory deprivation tank, basically. Oh, that's weird stuff, Sam. I know. And my best friend, his name is Brendan. He's a very sensitive guy. He keeps visiting Miller and the chamber, and I think he's losing his mind. And I'm trying to stop Miller. Hey, look, Sam, your friend, Brendan, he sounds like a very special guy, and it sounds like you um, like him very much. But I don't think Miller's the problem here. He seemed like a good sort of guy. That's where you're wrong, Joel. Miller's a mad doctor. They all are. Hey, my doctor's a prick. But when I stub my toe or get a spider bite, he never steers me wrong. Look. Why not get your buddy Brendan some help? I can take your case. We could start the process for him getting committed. I'm very good at that sort of thing. No, the last thing Brendan needs are more doctors. You know, if you really want to get to the bottom of this thing, I suggest you look into this law firm, the law firm LLC. Something weird was going on with them, and I could send you the address they were using. Maybe go over there and sniff around. You seem like you want to do some sniffing around. Uh, Okay, maybe. Thank you for your time. Good luck, Sam. And if you change your mind about committing your friend Brendan, give me a call. (sighs) Did that whole thing sound like bullshit or what? Maybe the plaintiff's firm can give me the straight story on Miller. Maybe they have the real dirt. I don't fucking buy that Greenberg story for a second. I'll check my email for the address and go down there as soon as I can. Oh shit, it's an email from my sponsor, Keith. Hey Sam, I hope you're well. We haven't seen you at an AA meeting in a while, so I thought you might like a little recovery at home. Attached is an MP3 of a speech given at a meeting of a sex and love addicts anonymous retreat that i thought was very interesting i know our drug of choice is alcohol but recovery is recovery right give a listen keith Uh, all right i guess we'll give this a listen Hi, I'm Rex and I'm a sex and love addict. I'm grateful that I can say that through the practice of the 12 steps, I have achieved sexual and emotional sobriety. I am in a state of grace. It's a gift from God, and I don't take that for granted at all. My story begins like a lot of stories in these rooms do, with my mama. My mama was not a nice lady at all, but I worshiped my mama nevertheless. 
She was one of those ladies people saw coming from a mile away. All charm and beauty, but not an actual nice bone in her body. Okay, I don't need to hear about your mama, dude. I'm skipping ahead. And when I got out of the army, that's when I met Melva. And the first time I met Melva, she was as sweet to me as any woman had ever been. I was getting my hair cut by her. First haircut I'd had in a long time that wasn't by an army barber. And I couldn't believe the attention that she was giving me. And it meant so much to me. And I felt that familiar rush again. Only this time, it was as intense as it had ever been in my life. And so it was that very day that I decided no matter what, no matter what she gave me, that I was going to love this woman, even if it had to be a one-sided affair. I was like her puppy dog. I wanted to be in the same room as her, follow her around, pick up whatever scraps of attention I could, because it was never again like that first time. She had my attention, and she knew that she didn't have to do anything else to keep me coming back. I was hers completely and totally. And with my devotion in hand, she set about to ruin in me as quickly and as completely as she could. She took my money whenever she could, which I gladly gave her knowing I would never see it again. And she asked me to fight men twice my size, twice my speed, twice my strength. And I got my ass kicked time and again from Melva. And it hurt, it hurt like hell. There's no doubt about that. You see, Melva had magical qualities that I could not give up on or give away or detach myself from, no matter how destructive the attachment. And what did she give me in return? At the time, I was writing little columns for the local newspaper. Nothing serious. I wasn't Woodward or Bernstein or nothing like that, but I was proud of what I was writing. And I'd send Melva my column Every time it came out, and I'd ask her to read it. And when I'd see her again, I'd say, Hey, Melva, did you read my latest column? And she'd say, Oh, not yet, Rexy, but I will. I will. And of course, she never did. And when I really thought about that, it stung a little bit. But it was not enough to give her up. Not even close. You might say, Where's your self-respect, Rex? Where's your pride? Well... As you know, I was hooked on Melville. But one day, as I was on my way to Maxwell's saving stay to get a moon pie, when the biggest man I had ever seen stepped in front of me and he said, just so you know, I'm Melville's boyfriend and I have a message. And boy, did I get that message. I was in the hospital fighting for my life and I hate to disappoint you with the cliche, but I saw the light. And I'll just say this about the light. It didn't have a message for me. You see, the light is the message. And I got the message. And thankfully, that's what's brought me here today. I am Rex, and I am a sex and love addict. 